Hey guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Wednesday, and tonight was AEW Dynamite. Tonight's AEW Dynamite was the go-home show for this weekend's AEW Revolution pay-per-view. And I'm just going to say it right now. This was a weak-ass go-home show. So bad that during the main event, well, the main event match, during the Battle Royal, sitting in this chair, I dozed off for a good two or three minutes during that Battle Royal. That's how uninterested I was in that damn Battle Royal. Because it sucked. That Battle Royal sucked. And we'll talk about it when we get to it, but they changed what a casino Battle Royal is supposed to be. And they just made it a Royal Rumble, which was very weird. But we got Luke with us as well over this way. Luke, what did you think of tonight's Dynamite? Honestly, for a go-home show, it was pretty bad. Yeah, the I, only the only thing I only thing I really liked about it was the the House of Black and Elite segment. That was oh, yeah. the only thing I really liked. And I love that they kept it short and sweet. It was like what forty-five seconds, a minute max. So. I thought that was really good. I thought the ladder match was pretty good. It was fun. I wouldn't call it a great match or anything. It was fun until the very end when you had to have four freaking referees hold the ladder for Hobbs. Like, no, refs shouldn't get involved regardless if the ladder's broke or not. Uh, what was Taz yelling? Hey, go grab a different ladder. But we'll get into all of that and more as we talk about AEW Dynamite. But I want to say thank you if you are watching live. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then, excuse me, you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, you can use our code right down here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be directly supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. But as far as the show does go, I was a little disappointed right off the get-go because I've attended shows in the Cow Palace before. And they did Cow Palace no service. The Cow Palace is a cool, different type of looking building as far as the aesthetic and the inside goes. And it just looked like any other building with not a lot of people in it. Like, I don't know if the uppers were blocked off and had no fans, but they were blacked out. So it just looked like people were just on the lower right around the ring. And there was maybe 3,500 people there, maybe 36. When New Japan ran there, and I want to say 2018, they had 6,300. Double the amount of people for a New Japan show in the same building. So that right there already tells you. Not all that great. (laughs) But the show itself... Kicks off with Orange Cassidy defending the AEW All-Atlantic Championship against Big Bill. And right off the get-go, I'm like, why is this match first? And now we know, oh, this match is first because they got to give Orange Cassidy time to, I guess you could say, heal up before the main event. And so, it was all right. It was whatever. Cassidy played uh, cat and mouse early on with Big Bill as it nearly backfired after an altercation with Stokely Hathaway on the floor. 
Cassidy was ultimately planted with a side suplex when trying to satellite DDT. Bill sent Cassidy up and over to the apron and leveled him with the big boot on the floor. Hathaway then cleared off the ring, in, uh, ring attendance table, I guess they call it, and he and Bill set it up right on the end of the ramp. Cassidy tried a huge orange punch at ringside and leapt right into the clutches of Bill, who chokeslammed him through the table. And my first thought was, ref, you're standing right there. Why is this not a DQ? Why is this not a DQ? Now, I know what people are going to say. It's no different than in WWE when they put someone through the announce table, and that's not a DQ. No, it is different. It is different for the fact of they moved the table and put it somewhere else. If WWE wrestlers were to pull a table out, move it, and stick it somewhere, that would be a DQ. So I think that if the table just sits where it's at and doesn't move, then okay, it's not a DQ. But if they move it and position it, I would say, call that a DQ. But AEW is afraid of doing DQs anyway, so it doesn't even really matter. <clears throat> and, and also, like, when someone, like, does something that would get them disqualified, those, like, restart the match. Sometimes, yeah. Very weird. I'm like, look, I'm like, look, I understand, like, you don't want your matches in on DQ, but rules matter. Exactly. And, I, and even in saying that, I guess we can go, well, you're just thinking of WWE rules, but still, no, it's logical rules. If you use a weapon, you get disqualified. Moving the table is considered using a weapon in my book, at least. I guess not in theirs. But we already know AEW refs are incompetent anyways. I mean, that's been a thing since they started. Well, they just add too much. I feel like a lot of AEW refs just add a lot of, a lot of comedy matches. Oh, yeah. When in reality, you're a ref. You're just supposed to be officiating a match, not trying to, like, funny and stuff disconnect or reconnect we're having a slight little issue where it's like cutting in and out your audio i think it might be on my end but just disconnect and reconnect real fast all right um so as we go forward hathaway uh we they, we already read that they sent uh where was it they sent orange cassidy through the table ref didn't call it doctor checked on him during a picture in picture dan Housen came out to check on cassidy and remained at ringside cassidy tried to fight back but bill locked on a full nelson Cassidy then got his hands in the pockets and rolled to the floor as Danhausen was about to curse Hathaway, but Bill put a stop to it. Hathaway clocked Housen with his cast as Cassidy wiped out both men with a dive. Cassidy hit an orange punch to the knee and sent Bill into the steps. Back inside the ring, Cassidy hit a stun dog millionaire satellite DDT, two orange punches, and a super orange punch to finally pick up the victory. Now here's the thing. Using the cast, the referee didn't see it. Okay, whatever. Cool. But then they used the cast again later. Why are we doing the... And I get it. They changed it up a little bit. But why are we doing the same thing in two different matches with the same freaking people? I just... it. Uh, Orange Cassidy wins. He retains the All-Atlantic Championship. This match meant and did nothing for me. Thoughts? Um, I'm honestly kind of like getting really sick and tired of like these random like all Atlantic title defenses. Like we already like know that the all Atlantic title means nothing. And what hurts it even more is like these random title defenses. They gotta act like there needs to be a title defense every week. Oh yeah. Like no one has to earn it. It makes no sense. Uh, also a in the YouTube chat go for it. We have a super chat donation from Victor Rodriguez says I will be at the show Four days after, if you want any major news and notes from the event, let me know. Gotcha. I really do appreciate that, Victor. We got a couple people that we're associated with that'll be there. So, I mean, if you get any kind of video or pictures that's really cool, send them our way for sure. But we have a number of people, especially me being from California, knowing a lot of people in the Bay Area. I got so many people I know that are going. But also, on that note, I know a bunch of people that had... No clue whatsoever that AEW was in town this week. I had two people since Monday go, hey, what's this? I'm hearing AEW's coming. I'm like, oh, yeah, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. They're like, oh, are tickets still available? Because I had no clue. I'm like, oh, yeah, tickets are still available. And that's not in a good way. So apparently locally, they did not do that great of a job 
promoting this show because I had like three friends not know till last week. And I had two friends since Monday, one Monday and one today, ask me, is there is eight? And granted, the two that asked me this week only watch WWE. They don't watch AEW, but they know who some of the AEW wrestlers are and this and that. But they were just like, is AEW coming to the Bay Area? And I was like, oh, yeah, they announced that a while ago. And they're like, both of them. I had no clue. Even the people I know that, like three people last week, no clue. So them only getting like 35 or so thousand or 100 people in the building tonight makes sense because they didn't really, I guess you could say, advertise well locally to the live, the, the, the local crowd. And it's the same thing when they came here to Fresno. If I wasn't an AEW fan, I would have had no idea they were coming. Because I didn't hear anything on the radio. I didn't see any commercials on television telling me Fresno other than AEW on Dynamite saying, oh, and coming in on February 18th, we'll be in the Save Our Center in Fresno, California. Other than that, nothing locally. So they're not, at least in California, not doing a good job advertising these shows locally. And to add on to that, like, Whenever they do shows like in my area, like I wouldn't, I don't normally like find out till like two days before because they're just not really promoting the show that well. Yeah. Like whenever they do like dynamites and stuff. Like, just trust me, I would love to go to an AEW show, but if they're just trying to like promote it last minute, there's no way I would be able to go. Right. Cause I know when WWE did a house show here recently, I knew forever it was on the radios, they were giving away tickets, all kinds of stuff. But AEW, I heard none of that. Oh, yeah. WWE does, like, good jobs at promoting, like, live events. Because, like, if you ever go to a WWE show, like, whenever they're doing, like, commercial break, they'll do, like, this thing where, like, we're going to be returning to this town and, like, on, like, this date. Mm -hmm. Shows how much of a good job they promote. Yeah, because there's a a local, I think it's, I don't, I want to say it's, like, hip-hop station. That whenever WWE is in town, they always give tickets away. They got wrestlers on the radio in the mor- that morning doing interviews and stuff. I heard, no- I heard nothing when AEW came. <clears throat> so that is one thing. So then moving forward, we saw a recap of last week's main event with Jon Moxley and Evil Uno. And then they basically just replayed a video we already saw on social media. Uh, Johnny Smith says they didn't promote AEW at all when they came to New Orleans last year. Yeah, see? Exactly. When you're over here saying, oh, well, they didn't sell out this week. Oh, there wasn't that many people here this week compared to when WWE was here last or when AEW was even there last or whatever. It's like, okay, well, that's because they're not doing that great of a job locally promoting the shows. And, I mean, we can look really fast to see how many people actually? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check something really fast. How many tickets were distributed by the end of today or whatever? Let me see something really fast. I can look into this. Take two seconds. But as far as the next segment does go, John Moxley. They played a video of Moxley that we already saw on social media last week. Like what the fuck? They're just playing. They're rehashing segments. And they were just like, oh, we're not getting Moxley live on the show, but we need a, a segment where Moxley's got a face full of blood. So let's just re-air this video. I mean, come on. So as of three hours ago, 3,800 tickets were distributed for tonight's show, AW Dynamite, in San Francisco inside the Cow Palace. Again, when New Japan ran there, and their main event was Kenny Omega versus Cody, I want to say it was, in a ladder match. <clears throat> Maybe it wasn't a ladder match, but ladders were used. Trust me, I remember this spot. Anyways, it was when Bullet Club turned on the Elite, basically, that night. There were 6,300 people in that building inside the Cow Palace. And that, that night was a busy night because I was running back and forth doing so much stuff that night. Me and Nick. Anyways... They replayed this Moxley video. Moxley's badly busted open from last week. And again, this is a video that was taken right after that match, aired on social media. Moxley said that he lives for this. He's not the guy you want to go down a dark alley with. He reminds Hangman Page 
that he tried to leave this alone. But Paige wanted this. Paige wanted more. There's only room for one animal in AEW. Moxley will die to protect what is his. This was kind of like, I usually like a Mox promo. I felt like he was trying too hard to be edgy and hardcore. Like, I'm the only animal in this building or this company and I'll die for it. And he's all bleeding and this. I think they tried a little too hard in this one and it just didn't, it didn't interest me at all. Thoughts? What do you think? I feel like uh, I could be wrong here, but I kind of feel like a lot of uh, Moxley promos are like kind of the same where he's like, I'm the only like tough dude in this <clears throat> place. Oh, yeah. Like that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. It's the same Moxley promo he does right before every match he has at a pay-per-view. Oh, I'm, I'm the toughest guy and no one can stop me and this and that. And I'm going to beat your ass. It was whatever. It was just whatever. But then something kind of cool. Uh, Jonathan. Go for it. Uh, Jonathan in the YouTube chat says, I hate the Moxley Weekly Blood. Oh, yeah, me too. So as we move forward, we start hearing, Harry on our way, you was son. Out coming the elite. And they do the, right before the lights can come on, lights go out. And we hear commentary, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Lights kind of come back. House of Black. Lights then go back out. But we hear commotion. People getting beat up and whatnot. And commentary's like, I hear something. Something's happening, but we don't know what. And then lights come back. House of Black have the trios belts. And that was it. The elites knocked out. And they stole the belts. I liked it. I thought this was effective. Keep it short and sweet. It's all we needed. We didn't need no back and forth promo. We didn't need no, we're almost going to fight, but we're not kind of thing. No. Let the House of Black be dark and demented and beat their asses for a second. And there we go. I liked it. Oh, yeah. This, this was this was really good. This is, this is definitely like the best thing that happened tonight. I mean, yes and no, in my opinion. I mean, that's your opinion, and you can, you know, <clears throat> you can like whatever you like more than other things. I would say the latter match was slightly better, but, hey, I said slightly. So, I mean, it didn't mean it was a lot better. Speaking of the latter match, that was next. It was the face of the Revolution ladder match. Samoa Joe was on commentary, and they did tell us that next week, the winner of this match, which is Powerhouse Hobbs, We'll, face, we'll fight for the TNT Championship. This match did have, of course, the eventual winner, Powerhouse Hobbs, Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, AR Fox, Sammy Guevara, Action Andretti, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Commander. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I did not like the fact that Eddie Kingston and Ortiz did not care about getting a TNT title shot. They cared more about beating up each other. So why even put them in the match? Hell, Eddie Kingston did an interview this week saying he didn't even want to be in this match and he was placed in the ladder match without his consent and that he was going to talk to the office about why that happened. Like, if the guy don't want to be in the match, whether that's real or story and character, come on. If the match didn't have stakes and it was just a fun ladder match for whatever, that's one thing. But if you got a title shot on the line and you're putting somebody in there that already says, I don't want to be in it, that means that they just said that the TNT title don't matter at all. That's basically what Eddie Kingston was saying. Oh, you want to give me a shot at the TNT title? I don't want to be in this ladder match. Nah, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> as far as the match itself, like I said, Joe was on commentary. And Commander wasted no time early on showing his athleticism with a rope walk drop kick onto action and Dreddy holding a ladder. The hometown boy powerhouse Hobbs mowed down Fox, Andretti, and Commander as Guevara almost became the next number, but thought otherwise. Takeshita didn't back down and had a slugfest with Hobbs. He got the upper hand as Don Callis was shown walking back, watching backstage. While Fox took out uh, a bunch of different people on the floor with a dive, it was Commander who, oh my God, did the best rope walk spot. We thought we've seen... Ray Phoenix do a cool rope walk dive spot. No. Commander's on one side of the ring. 
climbs up, kind of looks around, gets his balance, boom, boom, walks all the way across the ropes, dive. He does one of those like flips, but then he like twists. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a front flip kind of thing, but then he twists in midair, almost 360, one I don't know. But he lands on everybody. Holy crap. This is cool. So we go to a picture in picture. Govara setting up a ladder, and there's a ladder bridge with it as well. Uh, another ladder was set up on like the other side of the bridge. And we saw another ladder bridge as well set up as AR Fox was planted by Hobbs with a DVD off the apron onto the bridge, which didn't even break. Gushin and Hobbs then collided as Guevara tried to pick the scraps and grab the ring. But Action and Dreddy would climb the bridge, climb the ladder, and give Sammy Guevara a falcon arrow that I thought almost killed Sammy Guevara. So he's doing this falcon arrow, and he comes down with it. Sammy, back of Sammy's head, hits the edge of the ladder, and Dreddy's leg gets caught in the ladder bridge. He's got to, like, wiggle it out. <coughs> Oh my god, I'm surprised Sammy wasn't hurt here. Uh, we then see Commander hit a rope walk shooting star press. No. Yes. Right on to AR Fox. Commander went into the ring, but the catch to cut him off with an incredible, incredible blue thunderbomb off the ladder. The crowd was loudly behind Takeshita here, but he was cut off by action and dready. All of a sudden, as Andretti was up on the ladder, in would run Daniel Garcia to push down the ladder. And he and Guevara worked quickly to set up a ladder on two chairs, a little bridge, and then a big 20-footer. Guevara then did his best Jeff Hardy doing a swanton or kind of just a front roll flip-flop right off the big ladder through Action Andretti through the other ladder. We had to get our big Jeff Hardy uh, spot, I guess you can call it. These guys are out. Takeshita then gets fingertips away from grabbing the belt. But Hobbs climbed the ladder. And, well, first off, Hobbs pounces the ladder, knocking off Takeshita. He breaks the ladder, kind of like bends it up. And so he's like trying to stand it up and it won't stand up straight. And Taz is yelling, just grab another ladder. Just grab another ladder, Hobbs. And so he finally, he's like, I need some help. And like the ref comes in and helps him straighten out the ladder. Then he starts to climb the ladder and he says something down to the ref. So three more referees jump in. You've got this fucking show looking goofy as hell with four referees holding down this ladder as first off, they misjudged this shit because it was almost too high for Hobbs to even reach. Hobbs had to literally climb to the topmost spot of this ladder. Almost fall off, grab the carabiner, unhook the ring, and then get the most I'm fucked and I'm scared look on his face I've ever seen from Powerhouse Hobbs when he can almost not get off this ladder. You've got these four referees holding this thing with all their might down. They're trying to not go back. They're in picture in picture showing highlights. They're trying to waste time to not show Hobbs struggling in the little side picture in picture. Finally, Hobbs, like, gets down a little bit. He hands Aubrey the the ring so he can get his balance. She then hands it back, and then he, I won the match. But that was just so bad looking there at the end with, A, I get it. He messed up the fucking ladder. Grab another one. There was literally another taller ladder three steps away from him. But it's just... Why didn't one of those referees have the foresight to tell him, hey, grab a different ladder. I'm not going to help you grab a different ladder. That was bad. It looked bad. Really bad. What do you think? Thoughts? <clears throat> Honestly thought that Hobbs was going to fall off the ladder. Even oh. like after the match where yes. he grabbed that, he, you, he was like standing like on top of that ladder for like a good 20 seconds. I thought this guy was going to fall off. He was scared that he was going to, he thought he was going to fall off. <coughs> and no, no joke. I would have been, like, I would have been scared. Why too. do, and honestly, like, why do the refs have to like get involved and help this guy like, climb the ladder? No, that's like, if, if he doesn't have the experience in a ladder match to think, okay, I'll just grab a different ladder. 
That's where the ref should step in and be like, I can't help you. Grab a different ladder. That's when the ref should step in and, and instruct him. I mean, who was that ref? Wasn't it Bryce Remsburg? How many Young Buck ladder matches has Bryce Remsburg refereed? Like, he should know better. But this looked bad there at the end. Um, afterwards, Hobbs starts tra talking trash as he's walking up the ramp towards Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe tries to get away from the announce table to go at Hobbs, but his headset gets stuck around his neck. And finally, Taz just yells, hey, Shivani, he's having trouble. Help him. And he finally just grabs it and throws it like Joe was frustrated, <laughs> very frustrated. He starts to walk off. He's yelling at Hobbs. Wardlow comes out. Security separates. Joe just says, oh, fuck this. Security's got uh, Wardlow. I'm going to walk to the back and leave. Hobbs finds a chair and sits down. Wardlow fights off the, the security. He then powerbombs one security guy off the stage onto the other security guys, and there we go. Did this do anything to entice me for A, Joe and Wardlow Sunday, and A, the winner of that and, and Powerhouse Hobbs next week? No. No. Really, no. I thought it was the funniest part was Joe literally watching the security holding back Wardlow, and Joe just looks at him and goes, walks to the back. I'm done. Whatever. <laughs> like, come on. You couldn't make Joe seem like he was just more uninterested and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 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 unthreatened by Wardlow, which he shouldn't be threatened by Wardlow, but still. And another thing is, why do they got to put Wardlow, I mean, uh, Hobbs back into this? He was in the. Joe and like Wardlow back in like into this. But well, like, yeah, why yeah. did I put Hobbs back into this? Like you couldn't put you couldn't put anyone else in here. Well, no. Like, originally, no, like no, no. I well, thought well, Takeshita was. Well, I hold thought, on. Hold on. One, one thing about that before, before you keep going. They're in Oakland next. They're Sacramento next week. Hobbs the local boy, so they want to give Hobbs the title match in his in his home area. That's all it is. That's all it. I don't think Hobbs wins. I'd be I'd like for Hobbs to win the TNT title, but it, all it is is to have a, a local person in the title match. That's it. That's all it is. But yeah, Takesha would have been the better choice. If it if it wasn't for politicking like that, Takesha would have been the better choice. Well, I thought Takesha <clears throat> was gonna win when they had Don Collis like observe him during the match. So I was like, oh, I think Takesha could win, then maybe they can do something where Don Callis is trying to recruit him. Well, they've been like going back and forth on that. They'll do like a week or two, and most of this is all on dark and stuff, where it's like they show Don Callis interested, and then for like two, three weeks, nothing. And then like a week or two, and then nothing again. So very weird. So uh, Renee Paquette's in the back, and she's like, I got a medical update. Unfortunately, best friends are not cleared to be in the Battle Royal tonight. And Dan Housen goes, wait, let me tell you. I got an update. Myself and Orange Cassidy. We're going to take their spots because we're best friends, too. And she's like, well, Orange, we saw what happened to you earlier. Are you good to go? He's like, I don't care. Sure. So we ended up getting Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy in the Battle Royal. So next up, we have Chris Jericho against Peter Avalon. I mean, go for it. I'm... Whatever. <laughs> they were in the battle royal. They won the battle royal, unfortunately. <laughs> but that was the one thing. Um, Dan House I mean, Dan House said they're not going to win the belts, though. No, they better not. But Dan I mean, House they're not going to win the belts, though. No, they better not. But the one thing with Dan House, he was like, ah, I think uh, Orange Cassidy's got more room in his backpack for another belt. I was like, well, that that was kind of a funny joke. So it was Chris Jericho versus Peter Avalon. The bell sounded right away. They start going at it as Avalon attacks Jericho, taking out Jericho with a suicide dive. He then lit Jericho up with some chops and drove him into the steps. Back inside the ring, Avalon got a near fall off of a springboard crossbody and a swinging DDT to follow. <clears throat> Avalon briefly played to the crowd and turned it into a code breaker, 
that gave Jericho the victory after Jericho literally hit one move. He Avalon does all this stuff, and Jericho hits one move and beats him. Jericho then grabs the baseball bat and beat down Avalon post-match. And Jericho starts like to pose, and Ricky's music hits. And then nothing happens, and all of a sudden they go, wait, is Ricky even here? And Taz is, Taz is like, is Ricky Starks even here? And then finally Ricky comes out, and they're like, oh, hey, it's Ricky Starks. Like they were shocked to see him. But eventually Garcia and Hager come out. They beat down Ricky Starks. Garcia gave him a rock bottom. Like Jericho connected with a Judas effect, leaving Starks laying. What do you think of this match and the segment to follow? As far as the match does go, there's really, really like nothing to talk about. As far as like the Ricky Starks thing, like why did Jericho have to be scared of Starks? Jericho had a baseball bat. He could have like beaten the crap out of Starks. He's easy. I just still don't understand why this match is even happening at the pay-per-view. Like, there's no rhyme or reason at all. There's no reason for this to be a pay-per-view match. Because didn't Starks unless already beat him? To make... Yeah, unless they're trying to make Starks like so good that they got to have him beat Jericho twice. Right. That's probably that's probably what I'm thinking. They probably wanted to make him look so good where he beat Jericho twice and they have him beat him on a big pay-per-view. The Hangman Page has a pre-recorded segment. He talked about John Moxley ahead of their Texas death match this Sunday. Page said that he is that uh Page said this is all he has to lose. And he's lost the AEW belt. Mox has already beat up his friends, but Mox can't take his spot. You're like, what spot? You guys are literally both just guys kind of not really in the title picture, but right under it. What what spot? You guys are equals. I don't understand the whole take my spot thing. Anyways, on Sunday, Paige says that he will take Moxley's spot at the top of AEW. No, MJF is at the top of AEW. He said beating Moxley is Paige's last glimmer of hope. As there's only two ways out of this match, living or dying, and Paige isn't ready to die. I the promo was all right, but there were some like weird things there. Like, first off, so you think you two are higher up than the world champion? Or is this supposed to say whoever wins this is next in line for the world title? Is that what they were trying to get at? I don't know. I mean, I would assume whoever wins this match will next in line for the world title. Yeah, me too. It should be at least. Um, Echo started going off because I had a package arrive. Um, moving forward, Renee Paquette introduces Christian Cage. Paquette said that Jungle Boy beat Luchasaurus at full gear. The feud should have been over then, but then Cage returned and changed it all. And you know what? The only thing I can keep the uh, the only thing I can think of. While this segment was going on, was WWE backstage. Renee Paquette and Christian on WWE backstage. I see those two together. That's all I think of. It's just them on backstage. So Cage says it's all over. his. Or Cage says it's all over his de dead body that Perry will win a title in AEW in 2023. Basically he's saying he's not going to win a belt. He said he's going to, uh, he's going to win a belt instead, Christian. Cage said last week he left Jack in a pool of his own blood and piss. Basically, he insinuated he made old little Jack Perry pee himself. He said he realized that he only wants to win a title so he can show his family and post about it online. Cage called him a dime a dozen, a one of, and said, I, Christian Cage, am a 101. You, Jack, are nothing more, no better than your father, a no talent hack. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, Christian was a Melrose Place fan. Not a big 90210 fan then. He said that this match on, he said he's challenging to him, challenging Jungle Boy to a match on Sunday, but not just a match, a fight. And if Perry shows up, well, he's going to take him out in this fight. 
Then we got a weird ass segment or video. The lights went out and we see Jungle Boy digging a grave. And there's clips of his time with Christian as his mentor. There are tears in his eyes as he digs. And he digs and digs. And finally, we see a headstone that says Christian Cage. We can't ask Christian, well, what are your thoughts on what we just saw? Christian gets silent. Kind of scared looked. And then just walks out of the ring. God did that second half. Like Christian's part was all right. I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of good. The Jungle Boy stuff was just dumb. And then Christian all of a sudden being scared. Oh, he's going to kill me. Even you're the one that made the challenge, bub. What'd you think? I mean, yeah, the second half of it kind of sucked. The one thing that caught my surprise was, where the heck is Luchasaurus? Are they just done with him? You know, to be honest, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even give Luchasaurus two thoughts in any of this. Which kind of sucks for Luchasaurus. <laughs> that we're already just like not really, even thinking about really him. It really does, honestly. When's the last time he wrestled? Luchasaurus age match. That's a good question. When's the last time Austin had himself a match? Um, um Holy shit. That... Cage match at Full Gear was his last match. Like, he hasn't worked outside of AEW anywhere. He hasn't worked any, like, dark or dark elevation. I thought maybe I missed a dark or dark elevation match. Nothing. Luchasaurus hasn't done Jack Diddley since the 19th of November. Wow. That really sucks for him. Yeah. When they say there's too many people in AEW and people get pushed aside and forgotten about, well, there you go, Luchasaurus. So Shivani, like, go for it. All right, we're done. It's like, all right, we're you're done in this like, like Jack Perry and Christian thing. Now we'll just put you on the side and see if we can think of anything else for you. Right. So Shivani's in the back with the women's champion Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Hader said that she doesn't she know uh, she doesn't know what's sweeter, getting to beat up one bitch or two. She said they'll be watching Tony Storm's match tonight against Riho. Then we had Hook versus Matt Hardy. And boy, did this suck. To the point where I was literally watching the match. There's nothing to talk about other than Stokely took his cast off at one point, And Ethan Page hit Hook with the cast. And he still kicked out of a, of a cast shot. Which, when you take the cast off, it's not hard really. Any, not that hard anymore. And it's not like effective as a whip. Anyways, so there's a spot late in this match where Matt Hardy's going for a twist of fate. And so I'm looking at my screen over here where Dynamite is. I look over this way and I type in anybody else bored with all of a sudden Hook's music starts playing. I couldn't get a sentence out and the match just ends. Just ends out of nowhere. Hardy goes for a twist of fate. Hook floats over. I had to freaking rewind it. Good thing the T and TBS app lets me rewind. Matt goes for a twist of fate. Hook floats over into the red rum, and Matt taps instantly. Within a matter of two seconds. I couldn't even type a full sentence. But yeah, this match sucked, and I was bored throughout the entire thing. What'd you think? I have a feeling that fans are like kind of bored of Hook now. Oh, 100%. I, bored may be a little too far of a stretch to say, but he is nowhere near as popular as he was a year ago. At even maybe he's 25% of crowd reaction. Like before, Hook's music would play. Ah! Then he would walk out and get a second. Ah! Now, Hook's music plays, and he doesn't get any bigger of a pop than Dan Housen. Jungle Boy. I feel like we're kind of like, I feel like, I feel like what kind of slowed him down a little bit was maybe him ever since he had the FTW belt. Or just like, like, oh, now he's just a guy holding like a meaningless belt. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. Because the belt means nothing. It doesn't. Fans know it means nothing. So, yeah. 
So we go to the back, and there's House of Black in their little black closet room, whatever. They got the trio's belts. Malachi said, they'll leave the titles here. They belong to the elite now, but Sunday, you guys know you've already lost. Julia Hart said, they'll see them at Revolution. This actually should be a really good match. I am looking forward to this match for the most part. Riho took on Tony Storm. I they mean, it'll be fun. Yeah. Riho took on Tony Storm. They build this the battle of former women's world champions. The Storm attacked Riho even before the match started, before she could get her jacket off. And Riho tried to fight back, but Riho and Riho did use her speed to hit a corner charge. Soraya ran some distraction early on, long enough for Storm to regain control. As Riho hit a uh, go went for a roll up into a double stomp. She hit Storm pretty hard, and Storm did try to come back with a super kick and a, uh, yeah, switching music type move that sent Riho to the outside where Soraya connected with a charging knee. Storm violently sent Riho into the post as Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker came down to kind of thwart the Soraya problem. Uh, we go to a break, and coming back, we saw a Twitch World head scissors that sent Storm into the ropes, but Storm blocked a tiger faint kick. Storm missed a hip attack. And Riho went to the top for a huge crossbody to the floor. There's a double foot stomp off the top that led to Riho hitting a Northern Light suplex for a close two. Storm tried for an avalanche storm zero. Riho tried to counter into a sunset flip out of the corner, but Storm hit a hair mare, John Woo drop kick, and a sweet chin music for a two. Storm stared down Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. She applied a clover leaf on Riho. But as this happened, Riho would counter it, roll her up, and pin her one, two, three. Riho defeats Tony Storm. After the match, Storm and Baker start brawling outside the ring as Hayter and Soraya brawl inside the ring. This then leads to Ruby Soho coming out. All three women who will be in the title match on Sunday start brawling. A bunch of people come out to try to break them up. And yeah, again, something else that just hasn't got my attention. That just hasn't piqued my interest at all. Are you excited for the women's the title match? we saw... I mean, a little bit, but when was the last time we've seen Riho on television, though? I think it's been about a month. She pops up once a month. I can tell you. She pops up, I think, once a month or so. Maybe sometimes twice. Uh, Riho. I will say this, though. This, though. like For her being the first ever women's champion, like ever since she lost the belt, she really hasn't done anything since. Okay, I'm wrong. Riho hasn't worked a dynamite since October. November, she worked dark. She had a dark match last week that aired. She hasn't been on dynamite since October. Holy crap. I thought it was a lot more recent than that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hearing no buzz for this match at all on social media. Well, not hearing, but reading. I'm not reading any buzz. No, nothing. The only thing I'll be interested in is see if, like, Ruby Soho joins either, like, the homegrown talent or the talent that made the name for themselves outside of AEW. Now... We're going to do our predictions for Revolution at the end of this. But um, I, I was going to make a comment on that. That I think well, it, I, it'll give away my prediction. So I'll wait. I'll wait because I have a prediction on why I think a certain person should win. Look, Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes are backstage. They address the mogul affiliates. He said he won't stand for what they do. And he and Rhodes want to fight them on Friday. And Dustin calls them the natural, they calls them, he says, we are naturally limitless. So I guess, now, did they not announce anything for Rampage? Or did they announce it during the Battle Royal or something? Because they didn't do their normal, this week on Rampage, Friday, and they, all the graphics on the screen before the main event or whatever. I didn't see that. Did you? 
Come to think of it, I didn't see anything. Yeah, I didn't see anything. Let me check something really fast. I didn't see anything announced for Rampage other than like this. Let me see. Hold on. They've got anything on their socials. Um. Yeah. Nope. I'm not seeing anything. They didn't announce anything for Friday, it looks like. So, next up is the Battle Royal. John Silver and Alex Reynolds make their way out. And then they get attacked by Wheeler Yuta and Claudio Castagnoli. And as they're brawling, we go to commercial. We come back, and it's still these two teams. And I go, what? This ain't a Casino Battle Royal then. Casino Battle Royal is supposed to be multiple people or teams coming out at once in suits. And then the Joker comes out afterwards. But that's not what happened. Instead, they let us know that a new team will come out every 60 seconds. Well, that's not a Casino Battle Royal per your rules in the past. That's a goddamn Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. What the hell? Don't brand it as a Casino Battle Royal. And tell everybody, hey, it's a casino battle royal. So that means there's going to be a joker. And then not give us the actual, what you promised, what you advertised. They advertised a casino battle royal. So everyone's like, oh, there's going to be a joker. Maybe it's Steven, Sting and Darby. Maybe it's FTR. And then it's nobody because there is no joker. It's a damn rumble. And like I said earlier, I fell asleep. I dozed off for about two to three minutes at one point in this match and then woke up with like two minutes left in the match. That's how uninterested I was. You say something? You look like you were about to say something. Also, when was the last time we've seen FTR? Because like, when was the last time we saw FTR though? When they lost to the guns, I want to say. Was it when they lost to the guns? Let's see, Dax. I can just look up one of them. Let's see. Last time they had a match in AEW was Storyline. Eddie Kingston quits AEW. I don't think it's real because they posted it on the AEW social media account. But he did an interview with Lexi Nair, and he basically said, I quit. I haven't listened to it, but I'm reading the, the comments here. But yeah, Eddie Kingston basically said he quits AEW in this video posted by AEW. Um, yes, FTR's last match in AEW was back in December against the Guns. I don't know what's going on with them. They're just... I know Dax is is banged up and whatnot. They they just got time off to heal. They haven't had a match at all since um Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom. So as previously mentioned, Silver and Reynolds, Yuta and Claudio started off this match. Next out was Los Ingobernables de Fashion, Rouge and Preston Vance. They hit the ring and they actually start teaming up with the BCC. This then leads to, well, no, they didn't team up with them. I, I, I wrote that wrong. They teamed up with Silver and Reynolds to try and take out Yuta and, and Claudio. Out then comes the Lucha Bros as the fourth team. Huge pop from the crowd. And then out comes Aussie Open. And I think it was Excalibur told us, you may not know who these guys are, but they're really cool. They had a great match last week on Rampage against the Young Bucks. So... Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher immediately laid out Phoenix with an assisted pump kick. Reynolds and Silver tried to eliminate Yuta and Claudio, but Aussie Open cut him off, and the Blackpool Combat Club eliminated the Dark Order duo. Remember, both people have to be thrown over the top rope for the team to officially be eliminated. Out next came the JAS, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. They came out sixth during a break. As the other most notable thing to occur was Roosh trying to unmask Phoenix. Top Flight were next out and used their speed to try to get a little bit of an advantage on some of their opponents. Menard was then eliminated as the Kingdom entered eighth and went right after Top Flight. 
who they had their hands full with at the Ring of Honor tapings, which we'll find out more about that soon when it finally airs. And speaking of Ring of Honor, I'm very scared that this Ring of Honor show tomorrow that debuts is just like dark. There are 10 freaking matches announced for this show. So unless it's going like three hours long or something, this is just another episode of Dark and Dark Elevation. I'm very scared for that. Because there are 10 matches announced for this Ring of Honor television show tomorrow night. So as we move forward, Aussie Open wipes out the kingdom with a half-and-half suplex as Tony Nese, Ari Davari, Josh Woods, and Mark Sterling all kind of make their way out to ringside. And they attack the Lucha Bros on the outside. They then tossed Penta and Phoenix back inside and then were immediately dumped by Roosh and Vance. Top Flight then eliminated both Vance and Roosh as long uh, as a long time went by with the Kingdom, Aussie Open, Top Flight, and the BCC fighting it all out. Then I kind of dozed off here for a little while, and the BCC, well, I saw Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen come out. And so the BCC, Orange Cassidy, Dan Housen, and the Butcher and the Blade were the final three. As Silver and Reynolds hit ringside to distract Claudio and Yuta, who were dumped by Cassidy and uh, Dan Housen, Butcher and the Blade hit the... Uh, hit the drag the lake on Dan Housen, who rolled to the floor. Cassidy was holding on for dear life as Dan Housen snuck back in and dumped the butcher in the blade to pick up the victory. Boy, was this not good. And you know it's not good when you see just more tweets than I can count. What was that? What did I just watch? What did we just see? Huh? What? 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 Huh? You know people were shocked and didn't like it when they're like, what was that? I don't understand what, what that finish was. Why would why did this happen? It made no sense. What did you think of the match? And then we'll get into the post-match stuff. This I thought this match definitely could have been better, but honestly, I kind of think what kind of like lost momentum for this match was kind of like these like weird rules that they changed for the Casino Battle Royal and like mm. little like Orange Cassidy stuff. Right. That's what ruined it. Post-match, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and the guns all hit the ring and laid out Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Looks like they're working together. What? They claim then run in. The guns bailed, leaving Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal to get beat up. Cool. Honestly, this should have just been a acclaimed versus the guns. Should have just been a straight-up rematch. Why do we need two other teams? Because you need to get people on the card? People need to get on the show? No. Fuck this. They got a video package showing some highlights of the AEW World title match this Sunday. Brian Danielson and MJF in their Iron Man match. This included Jim Ross, Dean Malenko, and Excalibur, among others, talking about both competitors. I guess the full version of this will air Friday on the Countdown Show. So, Renee Paquette welcomes Brian Danielson to the ring. She brings, up, uh, she brings up a post from 2014 MJF made when he was dropping out of school, mentioning how Brian Danielson was the reason he wanted to become a wrestler. Danielson talked about how he was forced to retire years ago, and if you fight for your dreams, your dreams would fight for you. MJF's music would interrupt. Before MJF could even say a word, Danielson looks at him and goes, Hey, shut up! Don't talk! Uh-uh. MJF says nothing. Danielson said that MJF hates him because of the family that he has, and it's something MJF thinks he deserves. MJF has done nothing to earn or fight for anything that he's gotten. Danielson said that MJF has taken every shortcut to get to where he is, and he deserves that his fiance left him. Danielson, and that, that's a real thing. They're no longer together. He don't have a fiance no more. Danielson says that he has fought for everything that he has gotten in this life leaving a job that would have paid him for the rest of his life so he could actually come and fight. Basically saying, yeah, WWE would have, would have kept me financially satisfied and financially secure forever, but I came here instead. Danielson said his new dream is to become the AEW world champion, and he's willing to do anything and fight for that. He said if MGF isn't willing to fight for that come this Sunday in the 60-minute Ironman match, then he's going to get his, and then they... He said you're going to get your fucking head kicked in, but they said you're going to get your 
That's what we heard. Because it's so dumb. If you don't want him to say an F-bomb, then just tell him not to say it. Instead of doing this stupid-ass, just like weird fractal noise. MJF didn't say a word, and it ended on this weird <laughs> sound effect. What did you think of Danielson's promo? I thought his promo was good. I think what kind of like made it bad was like that ending where they did that weird like bleep thing. Like I get it, you know, they're trying to like low down on like the cursing and stuff. Why would you just do like a normal bleep and not just that weird like like crowd thing? No, yeah, there's three options here. A, bleep the word. You're gonna get your head kicked in. Two. Mute the word. You're going to get your head kicked in. Or three, just tell everybody on the roster, hey, no F-bombs, please. It's that simple. But it makes them look dumb and retarded when we get the... It's literally what it sounds like. Stupid. But with that, that was everything that took place tonight on AEW Dynamite. A very lackluster, in my opinion, AEW Dynamite, especially for a go-home show. But now here's the plan. I'm going to check the polls, and then we're going to do our predictions for this weekend's AEW Dynamite. So as far as the polls do go, well, actually, while I check all that, Luke, do you have any closing thoughts regarding Dynamite? I'm just going to say this right now. For this to be the closing show for a pay-per-view, it's pretty bad. And it's kind of like killing momentum for that pay-per-view because you want your like last dynamite or your last like show before pay-per-view to go off strong. This was pretty bad. Yeah. So as far as the polls do go, we'll check the Twitch poll first. 50% liked the show. 50% didn't like the show. As far as the Twitter poll does go. <clears throat> 50% liked the show, 30% thought it was just all right, and 20% did not like it. As far as the YouTube community poll, 59% liked the show, 19% thought, uh, no, 59% liked it, 22% didn't like it, and 19% thought it was just all right. Uh, some of the comments on that were... Um, both Raw and Dynamite were not good. It persists 2 out of 10. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 59% uh, liked the show, 21% thought it was just all right, and 19% did not like it. Gabriel Perez, we already talked about that. It's most likely a storyline since it was posted on the AEW Twitter. All right, so as far as Revolution does go, give me one second here. Coming up this Sunday on pay-per-view is the AEW Revolution event from San Francisco, California. As far as the show does go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches have so far been announced for that show. With it having a 60-minute Ironman match, I don't think anything else gets announced unless it's a pre-show match. But coming off of Dynamite, Luke and I are going to give our predictions as far as who we think could be coming out successfully victorious, I guess you could say, on the show. So first off, we do know that Christian will be battling Jungle Boy Jack Perry. That match was set up on Dynamite. Luke, who do you think is coming out victorious? Uh, I'd say in this one, give it to the baby face, because why not? Give it to Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I'm going to have to agree, and I think for one reason... The whole thing is Jungle Boy wants to win a belt. So you have him beat Christian and that kind of like parlays him into either getting like a TNT title. I don't think he should go for the All-Atlantic belt. No, but maybe eventually like soon getting a TNT title shot or being right there to like one more win and he gets it. So I think Jungle Boy wins and he gets just that much closer to a title shot. As we move forward. Chris Jericho will be going one-on-one -on -one with Ricky Starks, where the JAS is banned from ringside. Now, here's the interesting thing. Originally, the graphics for this match said everybody is banned from ringside, but now the graphics are saying 
only JAS Ben from ringside. But if I'm going to say anything, I'm going to say Ricky picks up the win. What do you think? I think Ricky does win, but what if, like, someone does, like, interfere and, like, they cost Ricky the match? Then, like, right when the match is over, they join the JAS. Action Andretti. That would be interesting, (laughs) but... I don't see that happening, so I'm going to go Ricky Starks. Uh, as we move forward here in a Texas death match, it's John Moxley against Adam Hangman Page. Who you got winning? This is kind of a tough one, because, like... Very. I mean... So it's like... I mean, I feel like whoever wins this gets a AEW World title shot. So it's like, who do you go with? Hangman? Or Moxley, because they're building up both guys like sort of strong. So mm-hmm. it's I'm, a tough one. I guess. I guess Hangman. That's what I would say too. That's I. I don't. I don't like have any thought on why Hangman. But when I think of this match, just the first thing I'm going with my gut, and the first thing my gut says also is Hangman. Like I have no rhyme or reason for it, and I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, Hangman versus Mox. Hangman. Like, that's just what I think. I don't have any rhyme or reason. As we move forward with the AW World Tag Team Championships on the line, the Guns will be defending against the acclaimed Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. I'm going to say the acclaimed win the belts. So that way we get the big pop of the acclaimed winning the championships at a pay-per-view event. I can see the Guns retaining, but I'll go acclaimed become the champs yet again what do you think i'm gonna go the acclaim just for the sole fact that tony khan wants to hear that pop mm-hmm. at a pay-per-view yep he wants he wants to hear that pop of them weighing the belts at at the pay-per-view which is so dumb in my opinion as we move forward the trios championships will be on the line when the elite defend against the house of black who you got i'm just gonna say this right now this match right here Match of the night. I think this Ooh. match is gonna be. So, I think this match is gonna be so good. Okay. Because like ever since Malachi Black joined AEW, one of the first guys that I thought of that I would love to see him work with is Kenny Omega. Yep. I think I think these two guys can do so well together in the ring. But as far as who wins, it's probably gonna be the Elite. I think Ooh. it's too early to take the. I think it's too early to take the trios belts off the Elite which I know it's definitely going to suck for House of Black because they just returned recently. And if there's anybody on the AEW roster, like any trio that can take the belts off the Elite, it's House of Black. But I think it's too early to take the belts off the Elite, so I'm going to go Elite Retain. I'm going to go the other way and say House of Black because you need to get those titles off the Elite. Put the titles on the Elite. You establish the trios championships. Now the Elite can move on. Kenny can go do some other things. The Bucks can re-enter the tag team division. And the House of Black can help solidify the trios belts even further. So I'm actually going to say House of Black picks up the victory here and becomes new AW Trios champions. Um, Speaking of title matches, the TNT championship will be on the line when Samoa Joe defends against Wardlow. Joe's already got that Ring of Honor belt. He doesn't need two. I'm going to say Wardlow picks up the win. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go Wardlow as well. I mean, they already got Hobbs going to be like the next challenger, so I'm going to go Wardlow's just put on a baby face that they do baby face versus heel next week. So Wardlow wins to get redemption for his father and the cut of the ponytail. And then they can have Smojo just move on do like Ring of Honor stuff now that hmm? Ring of Honor will be doing re- weekly television. Next up, the AW Women's World Championship is on the line when Jamie Hayter is defending against Soraya and Ruby Soho. Now, here's my thing. I don't think they take the title off of Jamie Hayter yet, but if I'm predicting and fantasy booking, I would say put the title on Ruby. Ruby then goes off and Leads the women's division with the belt while Jamie and Soraya 
can do their dumb little OGs versus veterans thing. Then, as the champion, Ruby doesn't even have to make a decision. Ruby doesn't even have to get involved. And she can just go defend the title against whoever off on the side while they do their thing, possibly building to a blood and guts match. So, I don't think I'm right, but I'm going to say Ruby Soho becomes the new champion. I mean... I would like to see Ruby win because I think she can do some like good things with the belt, but I'm probably gonna have to. I think Jamie wins just to be safe. I think she retains. So I'm gonna go Jamie. Gotcha. And finally, in a 60 minute Iron Man match with the AEW World Championship on the line, it's MJF defending against Brian Danielson. I'm gonna let you take this one. I'm probably going to go MJF here because mm -hmm. I kind of feel like it's a little too early to take the belts off MJF. So I'm going to go MJF picking up the win. I'm going to say MJF as well, basically for the same reason. Correct me. This is his first or second defense. I think it's his second defense. That's what I was thinking. His first one. That's, that's not Ricky Starks. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ricky Starks, yeah, okay. Ricky Starks, and then, because I was like, Winter is Coming, he defended it, but I couldn't remember who. I knew he defended it at Winter is Coming, but I couldn't remember that it was Ricky. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's his second. And I think it's his biggest challenger. Like, the Ricky one was okay, but I feel like this is his real first, first real defense. They ain't taking the title off of him here. So I say MJF as well retains the belt and walks out of Revolution still AEW World Champion. So with that, that is our predictions for AEW Revolution coming to us this Saturday, no Sunday, live on pay-per-view and Bleacher Report. Also remember, if you've got a VPN service that can fake your computer to thinking that you're in the UK, then you can do that and then go get the show from Fight TV for like $30 cheaper. Why not do that? Anyways, if anything else does come up, maybe like following Rampage or something, another match being announced or whatnot, we will have it for you right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. With that, I think that's going to wrap everything up. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21, and you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. With that, guys, you can follow us everywhere. Follow us on Twitch and Twitter at PW Unlimited. Follow us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And you can follow me everywhere at Timmy Buddy. With that, guys, I'll be back live Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. Have a good night. Have a good rest of your week. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.